Morning Drive, ESPN 102.5 The Game, and streaming on the Game Nashville app. Nick Kale is out today taking care of some sick little ones there. Derek Mason, Braden Gall, Munson producing uh, as well. We've got Chicago Bears intern back there. Sorry about that. Uh, go Packers. Um, here's my question for you, Derek. As we begin the uh, an hour of Titans conversation heading into a football weekend, Teron Davenport going to join us coming up in about 30 minutes. What I want to know from you, former NFL superstar, if you're okay with me calling you a superstar. Here's my question. There is now a week of tape mm-hmm. that Ryan Tannehill has put down that other coordinators can look at, that, that we know that, that Tampa Bay is going to look at. And we know this is the NFL. you got to make adjustments. So you cannot assume mm-hmm. that what, what their game plan was against the Chargers – and what worked against that defense, and what, what like again, you can tell me what you saw, but I saw a lot of crossing mm-hmm. routes, I saw a lot of curls, I saw a lot of underneath stuff, not a lot of deep shots. Um, they didn't run the ball particularly well against the Chargers until the fourth quarter. Um, what, what? Here's my question: Now that you've done, you've put one game on tape, and you've done a good job. Mm-hmm. What adjustments does Arthur Smith and this offense and Tannehill have to make to 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 stay ahead of the chains, so to speak? When it comes to the scouting report, what the Bucks are going to do based on what they saw last week, because this is what Belichick does, right? Mm-hmm. Belichick shows you one thing one week and then gives you something totally different the next week because he wants to keep you on your heels. What does Arthur Smith need to do? Because I don't think you can expect to go out and do exactly what you did last week. No, you can't. Um, and and it, I think there's a sort of a book on Tannehill already. Um, Certainly, yeah. So teams know how, who, and and who he is, and how to kind of get to him. Um, but they're still teams are still trying to sort of figure out <clears throat> Arthur Smith in a sense. I think Arthur Smith is he's he. We've seen what he what he is the last you know six games of the season. Um, you know he's a guy that's going to stay committed to the run game and he's going to do a lot of intermediate passing. He's going to take his shots up the field, but everything is predicated on him sticking, um, sticking with the run. Now, if you look at um, Tampa and, and, and their defense, and this is what I think um, the Titans are going to do um, because Tampa struggles with the pass um, I think you're going to see a lot of short, short passes, a lot of slants, um, a lot of nine stops, um, a lot of under routes by these receivers, allowing these you know six two, six three receivers to get the ball in their hands. These they are physical runners. Get the ball in their hands and then break tackles. Um, Hargraves is a small guy. Um, I believe Davis. He's not a big guy either. Uh, they're going to try to use their stri- their size and their physicality against these um, smaller defensive backs. And when I say size and physicality, and, and they're going to use it to their advantage, I just said they're going to do a lot of slants, I believe. Get the ball into these guys' hands very quickly and then let them do the running because we've already seen the three guys, well, really four with, 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 with um, Delaney. Delaney, I knew. Uh, Corey Davis and AJ Brown. When they get the ball in their hands, it's very it's very difficult to tackle. Yep. They usually break one or two tackles and get an extra yard or two. 
So if I can get the ball in their hands very quickly, because they're not going to play press coverage, if I get the ball in their hands very quickly, then I can give them guys an opportunity to get, get up the field and run, use their big frame and break tackles. So I see that as as what um, what a, Arthur Smith is going to do and then still lean heavy on the run game. Um, so I, I don't know if – I mean so, – So if I'm Todd Bowles. Yeah. I know that, right? Yeah. I'm Todd Bowles. I look at our matchup against A.J. Brown and, and Corey Davis on the outside, and I, I agree with you. I think Janu, it will be fascinating to see how what Delaney Walker's exactly. usage rate yeah. will be. He only played five snaps last week. Janu played most of it. I think Pruitt uh, played a lot of snaps as well. What, what If I'm Todd Bowles, the defensive coordinator for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I know that that's going to be the approach. Mm-hmm. How do you then, if you're Todd Bowles, knowing that's going to happen, what do you do? There's not much you can do. I mean, you could try to disguise your defense. You got to try to confuse the offensive line. You got to try to confuse the quarterback with disguising, getting into your um, coverage very, very late. But can they do that um, and still cover guys on the back end? I don't think they can. They're going to have to play it honest, take, take chances when they can, but play it honest like they have been with every other team they played before the Tennessee Titans. Um, you know, they've used those front seven to try to make teams one dimensional. And if they can try to make the Titans one dimensional, um, then they have a better shot at, at having some success on defense. But Arthur Smith, I don't think will allow you to make him one dimensional because he's, he's going to stick with the run. That's what he's, he's, yeah. That's one thing he has done. He hasn't abandoned the run unless they've gotten down. But he hasn't abandoned the run. He's stuck with the run. Yeah, outside of the Jacksonville game where they truly were uh-huh. in like two-minute offense for like the entirety of the second half, they have largely stuck with the run, even when it's picking up 1.8 yards exactly. a carry or whatever. Here's the thing, though. Tampa Bay, that is what they do best mm-hmm. is stop the run. So I think you can expect a similar first three quarters against the Chargers. You can against Tampa Bay where – there's not going to be a lot of room to run, but you've mm-hmm. got to keep people honest with it. Yeah, you do. And and I'm trying to figure out, I wonder if a lot of this is teams knowing they can exploit um, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers through the air. So, you know, they choose to throw the ball rather than run the ball. Um, yes, they did a great job at shutting McCaffrey down, but McCaffrey is a smaller back. And if you hit him, you know, if you consistently hit him, then eventually he's going to wear down. It's a really good back, but eventually he's going to wear down. That's not Derrick Henry. Yeah, Derrick right, Henry exactly. is the guy that you hit him, he's going to keep coming, keep coming. And by the fourth quarter, you're going to look up, and he's going to have close to 100 yards. Now, he might not be at four yards a clip, but he might be close to it. Um, so I'm trying to figure out, is is it a byproduct of teams just knowing they can throw the football on Tampa? I'm not taking anything away from that front seven, but – Sometimes when you look at teams like that, it's because they lack in one area. So teams choose not. After a few times, right. teams choose to just you know work work against their weakness. Well, and and against and as our um, guest yesterday from Tampa, Greg Allman said, you know, covers the team. Mm-hmm. Carolina was giving the ball to Christian McCaffrey in a blowout situation. They were mm-hmm. they were up big on Tampa, and they didn't care exactly. that that they were getting one yard, two yards, three yards, one yard, four yards, one yard. Like they didn't care and because that helped were, their that helps, average. That helps the stats for Yeah, Tampa. exactly. So, I mean, you know, there's not much to me. There's not much to figure out with 
with Arthur Smith because I think he is who he is. He's going to call the game plan based upon his personnel. Um, now, how do you, you know, having having watched Tannehill for a game now um, because he hadn't played in a while, how do you now, as the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, take what you've seen, go back and watch some film or preseason and maybe even last year with him with the Dolphins and see – does he have some of those same tendencies that he's had in preseason and 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 and, and in Tampa? I mean, um, in in Miami. And if he does, then try to exploit that. Is he still doing some of the same things that he was doing in Miami? Uh, Derrick Henry uh, talking about the Tampa Bay defense. Quote: They have a very good scheme. Guys who play hard, high. They have high effort. They finish on plays. Hats off to them because they've been good at it all year. And it's going to be a tough week with tough yards. So they, they Derrick Henry knows what his role is mm-hmm. this week. It'll be. I am fascinated by Delaney Walker. So how about this? We'll give you an injury update, an injury report uh, when we come back, as well as the other side of the ball. Dean Pease against Bruce Arians. Doesn't get any better than that, boys. So we'll get to that when we come back. Morning Drive, ESPN, 102.5 The Game. NFL fans, do not miss Nashville's best NFL pregame show. Start your morning off with the kickoff from 7 to 9.30 a.m., followed by the NFL pregame show featuring Jared Stillman, Floyd Reese, and Chris Sanders live from George Jones downtown on 2nd Avenue this Sunday from 9.30 to 11.30 a.m. prior to the Titans taking on the Tampa Bay Bucks. NFL pregame show is brought to you by wholesaling powered by rumbleon.com, Kubota Tractors, Middle Tennessee Kubota Dealers, and Boombox Craft Pizza and Tap House. Um, Derek Mason, Braden Gall here on Morning Drive. Injuries from yesterday, uh, cornerback Adoree Jackson, uh, Sharif Finch, and tight end Delaney Walker did not practice yesterday on Thursday. Uh, Corey Davis did not practice on Wednesday. He was back on the practice field on Thursday. Jayon Brown looks to be uh, back on the practice field yesterday as well, although limited, but looks like he's ready to go. Jarrell Casey, Jack Conklin, Nate Davis, uh, Rashawn Evans, Wesley Woodyard, all in the injury report, but all were on the practice field. So, Really just Adoree Jackson, Sharif Finch, and Delaney Walker, the three names you're kind of circling right now as far as injuries go. So we'll keep an eye on those decisions as um, game time gets closer. Any mm-hmm. any thoughts on the injuries? I mean, I, first of all, Conklin and Davis practicing is a really big deal. It means they have their full complement of offensive linemen. And then Jayon Brown being back is a huge piece of news as well. Yeah, they need um, they need all hands on deck, their offensive line, because you're going to get the defensive front that's pretty good. Um, so that's encouraging. Um, hopefully, you know, they can, you know, last the whole game, Conklin and Davis. Uh, having Janu back, me not Janu, um, um, the Brown back, um, it, 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 it allows them, and I like Wesley Woodyard. Everybody likes him. He's a good player. Yeah, he's a good, good, player, good player. Good player. Good player. But he doesn't have the speed to, to cover backs and tight ends that he used to have. Um, he's a first, second down linebacker uh, that has trouble covering on third down. He's still a viable piece on his defense leadership, and he's going to play hard and physical. But he's lost the step or two, and you know, um, having having Brown back as their linebacker, he allows you to do some things um, within the defensive scheme that you were not able to do when he was out. So he yep. can cover the linebacker. I mean, he can cover the tight ends. He can cover the running backs out the backfield. So that's a plus for them. All right, so Mike Vrabel had a couple of comments yesterday. You could argue of, of any NFL matchup you're going to see this year, it's hard to, to imagine a better, more cerebral, more talented coaching matchup than Bruce Arians on offense, 
and Dean Pease on defense. Bruce Arians, the head coach for the Tampa Bay Bucks, a genius of the offensive sort. And, of course, Dean Pease, we know how good Dean Pease is as it pertains to designing a defense. Um, this this was uh, – oh, no, this was Dean Pease speaking about um, taking advantage of the Bucks' philosophy and sort of just how Jameis Winston lets it rip and, and sort of what Dean Pease's strategy is going to be against Bruce Arians. It's it's. I mean, I don't know if you can take advantage. It's, it's still going to end up when it all is said and done. Uh, he rips it back there. If he rips it deep to Evans, you still got to be able to go up and make the play. At, at some point in time, all zone coverages turn into one on ones down the field. You know, when you somebody a couple weeks ago, I remember reading about one of our somebody had said something about one of our corners playing better in man than he was in zone. And I think it, he was referring to a certain play that I think he thought we were in zone and we weren't. We were actually in man. Once the ball gets 15 yards on the field, whether you're in cover three or you're in man coverage, who, who's on him? The corner. It's one-on-one. So you can't double everybody. I mean, and they got dynamic receivers. I mean, number 12 is just like all the rest of the guys we've been seeing every week. I mean, he's a great receiver. And we know a lot about Mike Evans from, you know, the past, but his philosophy, whatever, we, we just got to we got to play the plays. We got to do a good job. We got to be attention to detail on all that we do. Um, it's really more about us doing our thing than it is about him doing his. Us about us doing our thing and they doing their thing. I, listen, I, I, I am ex- I can't wait to see the Arians P's X's and O's matchup. These two guys are as good as it gets from a coaching standpoint and. Well, while Arthur Smith, we're not sure. You know, we're still learning about it. Tannehill, backup quarterback, playing well. You know, the offense is is what it is, and the Bucks' defense on is is not very good, particularly in the in the in the secondary. But it's the other way around on on this side of the ball. It, it should be one heck of a coaching matchup. Yeah, it should be. Um, you have you know the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and, and we know what their flaws are. Uh, we know Jameis; he can throw you know interceptions in bunches. But then he also can play uh, really well. It's like Doc, it's like Jekyll and Hyde with mm-hmm. um, with Jameis Winston. You just don't know which one you're going to get. This is a team that's averaging close to th- basically 30 points a game. They're averaging 29 points, 28.8 points a game. Um, and then on the other side, the Titans are only giving up 16 points a game. Yeah. So you know something's going to something's going to give, um, and. You just you just hope that um, having Jayon Brown back, but then you know um, Jackson hadn't practiced, um, him possibly being out. How will that hurt the defense and what they do? Because I've always screamed and yelled for the Lashawn Sims project. But then, and, but then the project happens, and yeah, you go and to the concert, exactly. and you don't like the show. <laughs> they don't like the show. Like, so. you played only new songs, LaShawn. <laughs> Play your old ones. Exactly. So how do they? How do the Tennessee Titans, you know, react if a Dory Jackson, you know, yeah. can't play? If a Dory Jackson can't go, then who, who plays it? Does LaShawn Sims come in? Or do you say, you know what? We got Amani Hooker. We got Vaccaro. We got Bayard. Yeah. We have safe. We can bring Bayard down, and he can cover the third receiver. So we can kind I, I of can be multiple. Ho- I can see Imani Hooker playing a much yeah. bigger role if Adoree Jackson's limited. Absolutely. So we can we can go multiple because we got guys that are interchangeable. Yep. Um, so they it might not be a big problem for Dean Pease if Jackson can't play, but 
um, you know, I just want to see, you know, the back and forth chess match with Bruce Arians. Um, and but a lot of it, you know, I, as everybody knows, a lot of it depends yeah. on, you know, Jameis Winston. This is what Dean Pease had to say about the Tampa Bay quarterback, Jameis Winston. Well, the thing of it is, he's also, I've seen him in a game against the L.A. Rams where he lit it up. So, you know, as a defensive coordinator, I very seldom look at things that guys don't do well. I look at things that guys do well because I'm always going to look at, we got to stop the things that they do best. And when he's hot and on time and throws, he's got a strong arm. Saw it out here in practice a year ago when they were here. Um, I mean, he can wing it now. So we got to do a good job of, of you know, def- defending that. And so uh, too much stock sometimes is put it, you know, a guy has, I mean, the guy from the Jets may go out next week and throw for 400 yards. He had a bad day. Okay, and, then, and that's just how it is. And I've heard all these things about, you know, guys have a great day or have a really bad day. Well, yeah, this guy's not very good. And then the next week they light it up. So, you know, Brady's as good as there's ever been. But a year ago, we, we took care of business out here. So it's more about us than it really sometimes is about them. Ooh, little shot at Tommy. Yeah. Hey, Tom mean, Brady's the greatest ever played. We dominated his. Yeah, his, but his rear end. Uh, yeah, um, his rumpus. <laughs> but uh, Dean is right. Um, it's about, you know, we know what potential problems um, the Tampa Bay offense presents, and that's those two receivers on the outside. Malcolm Butler's going to need to be good. Exactly. Yeah. But if we do what we need to do, then what we have been doing for the past six games, then, you know, we will be fine. Uh, We just need to be where we're supposed to be when we're supposed to be there, play the technique we're supposed to play. And if we got an opportunity to get an interception for recovery like we did last week, then we got to do it. Yeah, and, And you know what helps all of that? Jeffrey Simmons yeah. helps every single body, every single body on that defense get gets is, is helped. Whether it's Jayon Brown, Rashawn Evans, whether it's Casey and, and the outside linebackers, whether it's the corners and say everybody is helped by the job that Jeffrey Simmons does. The question is how many plays is he going to play? And you know, twenty five snap count limit is probably pretty reasonable. What did he have? Twenty one snaps, I think, something like that last week, which is pretty remarkable considering it's the first possible chance he could return from the injury. And he did it, and he played a huge role on a goal line stand. Like you could not write the fairy tale script of Jeffrey Simmons beginning his Titans career any better than what it was. He's getting doubled earlier in the game. He gets, picks up a sack in a critical spot, and then he gets two makes two huge plays around the goal line by blowing up the center on back to back goal line stand plays. Like you couldn't write the script for Jeffrey Simmons any better. I, I don't know how many plays he's gonna he's gonna have this week. I'm assuming it's a slight increase every week, right? You just kind of slowly bring him along. But from a physicality standpoint, mm-hmm. from a game readiness standpoint, he did not look overmatched, Derek. And that's rare for a rookie. No, it, it's it's you're full of um, <laughs> you know piston vinegar, as they would say. The, the meter, and the meter is still full. Exactly. Yeah. And he came out and he played like strong, and he was physical, and he was a young guy, um, just full of everything. It's how do you re, how do you come back the second game? The soreness has set in, yeah. and how do you come back the second game? If he's fully healthy, I see him. Like, if he never had the injury at all and he was fully healthy, I think he plays, you know, 35 plays, somewhere around that 30 to 40 plays per game. I still see him playing 25 to 30 plays now um, because they rotate defensive linemen so much yeah. that 
they only want to get like 40 plays out of a guy like that. Right. And you have him in there on crucial downs. You make sure you have him on crucial third and long. Yeah, the, the, guys who play, the guys who play 100% of the snaps on defense are like Kevin Byers. Exactly. The like, defensive backs. Jayon Brown maybe. Um, but mostly it's the safeties and the defensive backs that are out mm-hmm. there on every play. Even Drill Casey is more of like a 70% of the exactly. snaps kind of guy. You, you average about 55, 60 snaps on defense a game. So 30 is about half. Mm-hmm. And you know, I, I, Daquan Jones has had a pretty good year, so mm-hmm. it's not like you have to rush. It's not like you have this glaring hole exactly. in the defense. You have time to be patient to mm-hmm. bring along Jeffrey Simmons, which is, again, another luxury that Dean Pease has. This defense is only going to get better, and, and Jeffrey Simmons is all of the things so far. Again, only one game. We need a lot more data to, to analyze, but he, he's exactly what they drafted so mm-hmm. far. Again, one game. Couldn't have, written, couldn't have written the script any better. Um, uh, obviously, we're talking Titans. The Preds did get a big win last night, 4 nothing uh, over Minnesota. They'll play Tampa coming up on Saturday, tomorrow evening. We'll talk with Terry Crisp in hour number three. But when we come back, Teron Davenport going to join us to break down the Bucks and Titans week eight. We'll do that right here on Morning Drive. Bring all Derek Mason, Nick Kale, not with us today. Still alive, taking care of the kids. Munson. Spinning the hits. Teron Davenport joining us here from ESPN, talking with TD as well. Teron, how are you, my friend? What's up, dude? I'm doing really well, man. The big daddy Kane ain't no right. half-stepping. All right. <laughs> TD, I was about to say, what you know about that? Music. I like it. Uh-huh. Oh, I, said, man, what you I know, know a lot about that. Teron, we need to have a high top fade. <laughs> Come on. You ain't I, a high no, top fade. I, I did have a high top fade. No box with the step in it. Pops wasn't having that, though. <laughs> um, Teron, we can, can we have you on for two segments to just talk music, the first segment, and then Titans football, the second segment from now on? Is that okay? Hey, we could do that, man. We could <laughs> right. do that. I'll, I'll, go, I'll take you back to 83, you know. <laughs> friends, you know what I mean? We could go Grandmaster Flag. Uh, I was two years old. Um, <laughs> uh, Teron, let me ask you something about adjustments that Arthur Smith should make preemptively. What Belichick is so great at doing and the great coaches are great at doing is they, 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 they know they put something on tape. They know people are going to react to that. They try to preemptively make adjustments. Tannehill now has a, a week of tape where Todd Bowles can look at what they did last week. What do you anticipate, if anything, from Arthur Smith as far as adjustments go to try to anticipate what Tampa Bay is going to take away? I think they're going to uh, – you know, I, I, I don't really think they have to make adjustments, honestly, because Tampa's offense – or defense, rather, they're dead last against the pass. So I think it's really going to be just go out there and continue to do what they do which is going to be get the ball out of Tannehill's hands and into Corey Davis, A.J. Brown's hands, and let them make plays. So I don't really think there's going to have to be adjustments. I think there may be an adjustment in the rushing game and that they're going to have to really find ways to get Derrick Henry downhill so that way he could get those those yards that, that he's capable of getting. Now, having we, we assume because Nate Davis and Conklin has practiced – um, that they will be available um, for this upcoming game unless they have a setback. Um, having them now back in the lineup against this front seven, um, do you think – because what, what I've said about Arthur Smith is, is one thing. Other than the Jacksonville game, he's been committed to the run no matter what. He's mm-hmm. been committed to the run. Yep. He stayed with it hella high water. He's That's what he's done. Now that these two guys are back and we assume they're going to play, do you think he, he does the same thing? Stick with the run, knowing that that come fourth quarter, that's when Derrick Henry typically starts to get to going, into the third, fourth quarter. 
Yeah, I think he is going to stick with it. But the thing is, you mentioned Nate Davis and Jack Conklin. Both of those guys are going to have a handful. Shaq Barrett rushes the passer from both sides. And then you got Vita Bay and, and, and Dominican Sue. And those guys are serious factors in the running game. So when you look at just having to keep a guy from being able to get that disruption, get into the backfield or reroute the running back, which is basically what Jeffrey Simmons does, <laughs> all 21 snaps that he played, they, they have to make sure that they don't allow that interior penetration. And that's something that really uh, Sue, that's what he brings to the table. And, you know, Vita Vey, you got to move him off of the block when they want to run in, inside the tackle. So I think he'll stick to the run. But Nate Davis, Ben Jones, Roger Saffold, they're going to be key parts of that. Teron Davenport joining us here from ESPN covering all things Tennessee Titans. And on the other side of the ball, we know Jameis Winston can light you up for 405 touchdowns. We know he can turn the ball over five or six times. We literally saw it the last time he played. Uh, Mike Evans is, is a dynamic playmaker, and, and Malcolm Butler played very well against Julio Jones. I assume he's going to be matched up a lot with, with Mike Evans. Can they do the same thing they did to Julio Jones? As they Can, can they do that to Mike Evans? Yeah, they could do it, but then you have Chris Godwin, who is putting up really good numbers on the opposite side of him that's going to eat. So it's going to depend on, you know, if they're going to really uh, bracket and get physical with, with Mike Evans, they have to be ready to take on Chris Godwin one-on-one, and that's quite a task to, to ask a corner to do it. I think that the guys would be up to it. But remember, Logan Ryan, ha- or excuse me, Dory Jackson has a practice this week. So – it might end up being LaShawn Sims, so we'll see what happens there. But I, I think, you know, you definitely have to focus on, on Mike Evans. I mean, he's a guy, you know, he was a really good basketball player in high school. He could have went D1 playing basketball. So no doubt about it, they throw the back shoulder, they throw the oop, you know, just let him go up and get it. Uh, 50-50 turns into 75-25 with him. So it's definitely a matchup to watch. Now, uh, another, I guess, sort of matchup that, that I would love to see, um, and I want to know how how it's going to affect the game or if it affect the game at all, um, because we know Delaney Walker um, didn't play many snaps last week, um, whether it be because of injury or whatever. He didn't play many snaps last week. Um, he, I'm pretty sure he still sort of hobbled this week. Um, do you Do you anticipate – seeing him on the field or not a lot? Or do you think because of the way Jonu Smith played last week, you're going to start to see more and more um, of Jonu rather than Delaney? And, and even possibly, and we've talked about this before, the trade deadline is coming up pretty soon. And if Del- and if Jonu has another really good game, uh, what does that mean for, for Delaney? Yeah, I, I think delay. I don't. I don't think he's going to see the field this week. Honestly, uh, he hasn't practiced. We haven't seen him in the locker room since since Sunday, right? And then in the locker room at the, at the facility, we haven't seen him since Friday. So I'm not sure exactly what's going on with him. He only played five snaps, so I would imagine he doesn't play at all. And uh, that's something that I asked the the coach. I asked Rabel about. And I asked Arthur Smith both about John Smith and how he's stepping up in, the, in his place. And they, they both acknowledged, you know, what Smith is able to do. You saw him on, the, on that third and was third and 14, mm-hmm. caught a five-yard pass, took a 35 yards, saw him on the back shoulder throw. 
uh, to start the game. He's clearly a factor. Like Janu is is establishing himself as a legit pass catcher. Uh, I would imagine because they still like to go twelve personnel, right? And you'll have Pruitt as the fullback type, um, and Janu in line, and they'll do different things with that, and they'll mix Ferkser in. Right now, I don't know that they need to play Delaney. And then on top of that, you know, you talk the trade thing, and we have we did talk about that. And I tell you, Seattle is a perfect place for Delaney Walker. Now, when you talk about trading a guy like like that, though, there's a lot of emotions involved, right? Mm-hmm. Fans, coaches, fellow players. I mean, they look at Delaney as you know he's a pillar uh, of this franchise, right? So, I mean, it would take a lot to do it, but you know, it's business, right? So if if they decided they do that. Sending him to Seattle would, would be good. As I said, the Seahawks, they always have that thing with former 49ers. They love to, to acquire them. So I could see that being a mix, especially with Will Disley being out with the Achilles. Well, Teron, I was going to ask you about the trade deadline and just sort of how, how is John Robinson watching this game? If he sees enough out of Nate Davis and Jack Conklin or Saffold, does he does he just sort of – Ignore the deadline altogether. We talked about Delaney Walker being an option. He's made big trades, but none of them are on the deadline. He's gone and gotten DeMarco Murray, got Tannehill. He's got no problem making trades during the draft. We haven't seen him do much during the deadline. Where is it that you would be looking if you're John Robinson, if you're talking about moving a piece off his current roster and then acquiring a piece from somebody else? Yeah, I would be looking, um, obviously, interior offensive line, but I, I think they're willing to give Nate Davis a chance to work into that role uh, I think edge the edge rusher you know uh, edge defender will be an area that I would look at um, I think Kyler Fackrell uh, over there in Green Bay would be an excellent match you know uh, they obviously went to Green Bay already to get Reggie Gilbert but I, I think those will be the two areas that, that I would look uh, but I, I don't really think this team absolutely has to make a trade though but uh, at the same time you talk about John Robinson having been you know, relatively quiet around the trade deadline. But, you know, this is a different NFL, right? You're seeing more yeah. and more trades starting to reflect the NBA. So you never know something, a bomb could drop. And, uh, you know, we all could be sitting here scratching our heads, figuring out what to say and what to write, and you know, <laughs> and, and have, a, have a pleasant surprise, you know, something really new to talk about. Hey, Teron, what, what does a really effective good game for Derrick Henry look like? You talked about the front line there for Tampa with all those first-round draft picks. What What is a good game, a productive, successful game for Derrick Henry look like on Sunday? I would say 18 carries for 90-plus for yards and, and two touchdowns. I think that's a, a productive game. That means that they were able to go to him in the red zone, and that means that you know he was able to get a, a good amount of carries and, and make something happen with him. Well, there you go. You, there you that, go. I would say that's a huge game, yeah, Teron. Against, <laughs> against the number, defense, against yeah. the number one rushing defense, Teron. Can I ask you for a prediction, or or because I'm out of the prediction business, I don't do it anymore. So I just asked all my guests to do it. Yeah, I mean, you can ask me for a prediction. I I, I said uh, in our write up that we have to submit. Um, I, I said twenty seven twenty four. Um, the Bucks are allowing around thirty points a game. Mm-hmm. They've scored twenty four plus in the last four games. So, obviously, they'll be looking to do that. And uh, it'll be interesting because the Titans haven't allowed a team to score over 20 points. But I think this Bucks offense 
what they bring to the table is, is as good as any offense the uh, the Titans have faced. But in the end, 27-24, Titans win. And, uh, you know, it's another victory at Nissan Stadium. Quickly, we got about a minute here, less than a minute. Um, if they don't win this game, mm. what then do we think about Vrabel? Uh, consistently inconsistent. And uh, what we think is he didn't do what he set out to do coming into this year and, and be a more consistent team, coach, and, and group of players. Teron Davenport, ESPN, all over 102.5 The Game. You got the podcast. Thanks a lot, man. We do appreciate it. For sure. Appreciate you guys. Yeah, absolutely, man. Teron Davenport there from ESPN, one of the best in the business at breaking down the Titans. I, I do want to ask you, because you mentioned, you know, you were, you were asking that question there at the end, Derek. You said, mm-hmm. well, if, if they don't win this game – my my brain immediately went to, what does that do to the deadline? Okay. How does that change the way we view, does John Robinson look at his team differently? Does he Is he more likely to go all in? Is he more likely to sell a piece like Delaney Walker? What does the outcome on Sunday do to the Titans trade deadline possibilities? I want to get into that when we come back right here on Morning Drive, ESPN 1025, the game is streaming on the Game Nashville app. You're listening to Morning Drive, live from the Wholesale Link studio, powered by RumbleOn.com. ESPN 102.5 The Game. Derek Mason, Braden Gall, Nick Kale out, taking care of some sick kiddos. Munson uh, producing. By the way, somebody on Twitter said that if you screw up, you got Munsoned, which of course is a reference to Kingpin. So are you okay with that? Just whenever you screw up or maybe fire. Remember, remember it was a couple days ago you played some audio on the show. Was it yesterday? You played some audio on the show totally accidentally. Yeah. It mean, happens. It happens. I mean, everybody screws up yeah, on the show, happens. man. It's just that's that's what we do, man. Well, and we screw up far more than you do. Yeah. So we, we, we get months and way more than, than you do. <laughs> you get months. <laughs> Ir- ironically. Yeah, um, here's my question about the trade deadline, which is coming up October 29th, mm. which, again, is next week, midweek. And I'm just curious, if you lose to the Buccaneers because you cannot block Indomitian Sue, Vita Vey, and all those guys on the defensive line, they're a good rushing defense. Mm-hmm. If you lose in your three... So, to me, I think it presents a really difficult situation for John Robinson. Because on one hand, you're looking at your team and you're going, all right, we're three and five. What are the chances we make the playoffs? Mm-hmm. That's that's slim, right? Yeah. You, could, you could still do it, but, but it's slimmer, for sure, than if yeah. you go four and four. But if you look at your offensive line and they get dominated, you're sitting there staring at a glaring weakness. It's telling you you've got to do something about your offensive line. What does a loss you, – you you had a great question. What does a loss do for Mike Vrabel? What does a loss do for the trade deadline and John Robinson? That's what I want to know. It all depends on how the loss occurs. If If they lose because, once again, the offensive line was dominated, then I think – you got to look at you got you got to look long and hard at possibly bringing in more depth before the trade deadline, um, because you looked at the 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 Chargers defensive line last week and they're not the scariest defensive line. Um, so your offensive line did what they were supposed to do. They blocked pretty well, only gave up two sacks. Um, but if they then turn around against a much better offensive defensive line and they give up three or four sacks, then I think it can't run the football. Exactly, with can't Henry. run the football yeah. effectively. I think then it's the responsibility of the GM to say, okay, what do we do in regards to trades before the trade deadline? Can we bring in another piece to be a potential? you know, depth guy until we work him in to the offense. Um, 
you know, it, 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 but if they lose in a different fashion, then and the offensive line plays well, but they just lose, you know, maybe because of turnover or the defense play uncharacteristically bad. Right. Then I think you could say, okay, we, we're fine with the offensive line. Um, but, you know, history tells us this, you know, the last couple of years that the offensive line, you know, they, they're, they're up and down as the team is up and down. Well, and if you lose, you're sitting at three and five. Mm-hmm. And, and there's less reason to go for it, Me, meaning go for the playoffs, mm-hmm. to make a trade, get rid of Delaney Walker to go get a, a piece that helps you, or what, what, you know, whatever the trade may look like for John Robinson. Mm-hmm. There's less of a reason to go for it. Here's what I think would, would be interesting. If your offensive line played terribly, but you still figured out a way to win. Mm-hmm. So, so then you're 4-4. Four and four. You're feeling good about your playoff chances, but you still feel questionable about your offensive line. That's, I think, the scenario that, that may push John Robinson into – exploring options more, mm-hmm. right? Like, if, if you still figure out a way to beat Tampa with your offensive line, let's say Derrick Henry has 13 carries for 38 yards. Mm-hmm. They, they don't run the football well. Tannehill sacked a few times, but they win 21-17 because their defense is great and because Tampa can't stop the pass. So they figure out a way to win, and they're 4-4. Four and four. All right, you're feeling good. You've won two straight. you still got a chance to make the playoffs, right? In an AFC that's totally wide open. But you still have questions mm-hmm. about the things that we still already have questions about, right? The offensive line, for example. That's, to me, the scenario where I could see John Robinson being more likely to make a move. Because then you're still in the race, but you still have a question, right? Yeah, um, you could say, well, you know, like Dallas did, like, you know, the Rams or Baltimore, we're going for it now. We, we are still in the hunt. We're going for it. We're, this is our last push to continue to stay in the race. So we trade a guy away to get another another piece that's going to help us down the line. Um, I mean, New England was in desperate need of another player. Yeah, they needed they, they, yeah. they were, they they were needed, teetering. They needed somebody. Teetering on the brink of being irrelevant, the exactly. New England Patriots. So they, they went and so got they, Mohamed Sanu. They went and got Sanu. But cool. then they traded away Michael Bennett. So that's, that's true. true. Um, but <laughs> that, that, that would be, you know, that would be the interesting thing. If the Titans win, but the offensive line doesn't play as great, right. and then what does John what does John Robinson Vrabel what what do they do then? Do they say, "Man, we're four and four. We're still right in it. We've got the, one of the best defenses exactly. in the NFL." Do we make Do we make that move? Because they, I, I believe they have some guys with value. I know they have some guys with value that they could potentially trade. Um, and at the top of my list, not because he can't play, I think the guy still can play for another two or three years possibly, is Delaney Walker. It, and it has nothing to do with his play. I just think they're phasing out of him. And it happens to everybody. It's, it was, look, look, sure, there, maybe there's an ankle injury. And, and, and I'm, I'm, there is an ankle injury. Mm-hmm. But for five snaps yeah. with your helmet on, standing on the sideline, looked a little weird. Teron just said he might not play at all mm-hmm. for a single snap this week. Now, I realize he hasn't practiced, so okay, but you haven't seen him in the facility, in the locker room since Friday? Now, I know he's been there, but like you, as a, as a, as a, a media collective, mm-hmm. Teron says, we haven't seen him since last Friday. And, and, and even what, what? A, young, like two, a year ago, two years ago, Delaney Walker, if he's injured, we would still hear him saying, I'm getting ready. Yes. And then I'm going to play. You know, I'm going to play. We hadn't heard anything. It's, is it not? I, I'm starting. Like, listen, you, you were right about Taewon Taylor in the preseason. 
you start to get your your spidey sense, senses uh-huh. get start tingling, right? Yeah, uh, you start tingling about <laughs> about Taewon Taylor. You're like, well, he's not doing this, and he's not, and we're not talking to him. He's not doing, and you start to all the triggers, right? Mm-hmm. They go off in your head, like, oh, this is this is weird. Something's up. It it feels the same thing. Exactly. Uh, we're not saying he's getting traded here. And and listen, I think the Titans are better with Delaney Walker than mm-hmm. without him. Let's exactly. just call, yep. call a spade a spade on that one. But you've said this for a week and a half now that all your your spidey senses are tingling right mm-hmm. now. And I just think um, after this game, if I think that if they win this game, I think they still got to make some type of move. Now, whether they make that move or not, we don't know. But I think if they win this game, they're still in the hunt. You got to do something to say, you know what, we're going for it this year. Because, yes, this I think this is a good team if they stay status quo. But is this team status quo good enough to yeah, exactly. beat Houston, beat Indianapolis? Yeah. You know, and then they got to beat Jacksonville again. And they got to beat Jacksonville because they've already lost to them. Interesting idea. What do you think of Teron talking about going out and looking at an outside linebacker? I mean, you're already so good on defense. That yeah. would just make them even better. Yeah, I mean, you I can, don't know if that helps them as much. But you can say, look, we are we're going to we're going to put all of our eggs in the defensive basket and we're going to make sure that teams are averaging we're giving up 16 points well we want to give up 13 points or 12 points a game so our defense only I mean our offense only has to score you know two touchdowns rather than three touchdowns right so they can go that route and right. you know I wouldn't I wouldn't say that that's a I wouldn't say it's a bad route to go down you know, so well. It, listen, I'm fascinated by the deadline. A because it's become more of a thing in mm-hmm. the NFL, which has made it more interesting, frankly. To which is good, I think. Yeah, no, it's good. It's good for the sport, no question. It also because they pushed it back. It means you allow your coaches and, and GMs to evaluate teams further along, mm-hmm. and you know what you need, you know what you have. It's all a little bit better. Um, special special circumstances here. We normally we would go to break right now, but because Tyreekus is on the phone, we're going to take Tyreekus here. Tyreekus, what's up, man? Yeah. Man, I did it just for me, man. <laughs> yeah, just for you, dude. Man, quick, quick. Okay, listen, man, I heard somebody say somebody about Vrabel. If we lose this game, they will label Vrabel as an inconsistent coach. But when you think about it. Oh, Tyreekus. I did not go to break just for you, Tyreekus. Uh, Amy, everybody keep on trying to pour pressure. Marcus <laughs> is the guy. Marcus is the guy. And Marcus is the one that's been inconsistent. Even the, you remember the year our, our offensive line was. All right. Yeah, Ty- Tyreek is just killing us. Ty- we, we, Ty- we, we I, held on for you, Tyreek. I was going to go to break. And you got that darn cricket phone. <laughs> Gosh, Tyreek. Unless cricket wants to advertise. Yeah, unless cricket wants to advertise. <laughs> then we'll take your money. <laughs> exactly. Uh, no free ads. Uh, listen, I was going to go to break, and Tyreek is on the phone. It sounded like he, he was all fired up with his energy there. Oh, he well. was fired up. Oh, well. Damn you, Tyreek. You still our boy. It's all right. He was saying something negative about Mariota, so I messed with his signal. Um, <laughs> all right. When we come back, uh, Lee Sterling, of course, from Paramount Sports, going to get you guys ready for the gambling weekend. Want to remind you also, Terry Chris coming up in hour number three as the Preds win last night 4 nothing over the Minnesota Wild. They're back on the ice tomorrow night against the Tampa Bay Lightning. Puck drop at 6 o'clock pregame at 5 o'clock. Lee Sterling, a little gambling expertise for your weekend when we come back. Morning Drive.